Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Anybody got a tea time opening for me? I want to play some golf this weekend. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Hope you're having a phenomenal ending to your work week. Hope you got some big plans coming up for you on the weekend. Coulter Nuanas coming to you live from Brett's RV and Marine. We're down here for the second day in a row as Brett's, they have their March Grand Design sales event going on. So we'll be live from here, 4 to 6 p.m. You can also find... More details on all the great deals they have going on down here on the trail, 103.3 FM, as well as on Jack FM, 105.9. As always, we're coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. You can march into savings with Northwest Motorsports Markdown Madness all month long, which, by the way, crazy, less than a week left in March. But for the next week or so, you can get special APRs. And you can get a truckload of savings on the great selection of trucks, trucks, and more trucks at Northwest Motorsport. You can also check out their enormous inventory of trucks by visiting nwmsrocks.com. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. If you want to stream the show, listen to the show on your mobile device, your cell phone, your tablet, your computer, 
laptop, whatever, go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You'll find the stream. If you want to be a part of the show, you can always call us or text us. Texting probably preferred today, but you want to be a part of the conversation, you always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Today's show, how about this? A little re-invite, Colby Dant from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He joined us yesterday. Well, he was so good. He joins us again today. Talking all things March Madness, the Sweet 16 underway. couple one seeds went down last night, so we'll get into the, the analysis of both Gonzaga and Arizona getting bounced last night from the NCAA men's basketball tournament. We'll also look at a couple of tonight's games as well. Did you know that it's International Peacock Day? Is that uh, a harbinger of good luck? For the St. Peter's Peacocks as they take on Purdue here in about an hour. We will see. We'll get into that with Colby Dant. Analyze some of the betting lines from uh, this upcoming slate of games. Four more games tonight. We're also going to dive into some softball. The Grizz softball team, they've actually been rolling for oh, almost two months now. But as we know, <laughs> when your season starts in mid-February and you are in Montana, you are not going to be hosting a lot of games. So they've been on the road a ton to get their season underway. But Big Sky Conference play opens this weekend in Missoula. Doubleheader for Grizz softball tomorrow against Portland State. And then they play the Vikings again at noon on Sunday. So we caught up with Melanie Michael, the head coach for the Grizz softball team. She'll join us here about 4.30. We're also going to talk some pro day stuff and some other NFL by way of Montana Big Sky Conference connections. Samari Toure, former Grizz All-American who transferred to Nebraska before last season. He had his pro day. I guess Nebraska had their pro day. Samari Toure participated in it. There's also some pro days coming up for the University of Montana and Montana State. And a former Bobcat linebacker, Alex Singleton. He signed a, a new contract as well. So we get into some of the Treasure State and Big Sky connections in the NFL today. Also, the illustrious return. So glad to have her back. The chick who doesn't know sports, our great friend Carolyn, swung by. And uh, you know it's a good one. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. In her couple weeks not being on the show, well, Russell Wilson got traded. Aaron Rodgers signed a massive deal. Tom Brady came out of retirement. So basically all of Carolyn's favorite <laughs> pieces of fodder reignited in her two weeks away. So we'll uh, chat with, that, with all that stuff about with her about 5 o'clock. And... We're also going to take a look at some of the kids from around the state of Montana, go to various colleges, maybe ones that you hadn't heard yet. 406mtsports.com, they have a great link on their website that's just a table of all the kids from around the state of Montana who are going to go compete at the college level. So I was going through it, and there was some that I saw in here that, that I guess a lot that we know, that we've talked about, that we've reported on the show, young, young people, young athletes that have come on our show uh, that we've talked to and, and talked to about their college decisions, but also ones maybe that uh, hadn't get it, gotten as much press. So we'll go over those as well. At about 5.30, we'll give you some score updates because the games for the uh, last round of the Sweet 16 tip about 5.10 Montana time tonight. So we will uh, give you a, a real-time score update here in about, I don't know, hour and 20, hour and 25 minutes. The Brett's RV and Marine March Grand Design Sales Event is rolling right now. We are broadcasting from Brett's. Right now, the absolute best time to buy a new RV at Brett's RV and Marine. For just today and tomorrow, you can get factory discount prices. The Grand Design Sales Event is on now at Brett's RV and Marine. Exclusive factory discount prices. And it's only going today and tomorrow. We will be down here until 6 p.m. broadcasting to you live from Brett's. 
And uh, they'll have the sale going on all day tomorrow as well. So, sell you don't want to miss. Check out the online inventory of these beautiful Grand Design RVs at brettsrv.com. Or just come see us, 4800 Grant Creek Road. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. How about some more NCAA tournament talk? Well, perhaps the fastest repeat invite in the history of Nuana's now. If you were listening yesterday... Colby Dant of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's the host of the College Basketball Experience. He joined us here on Nuanas Now yesterday to break down some Sweet 16 stuff. It was so much fun. I figured let's do it again. We got four more Sweet 16 games tonight. So, Colby, he joins us here again. And uh, thanks for being with us, man. Yesterday was fun. Let's have some fun today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Despite the Gonzaga play, which, I mean, made me look like a fool I feel like I had the other ones pretty. I mean, look, I, I, I the Duke game, I, I knew that line smelled. So I, we had a conversation here in the office at SGPN saying, man, I think Texas Tech's a better team, but something's off with that line. So normally when the line, when we know the line kind of doesn't make sense, I feel like 90% of the time the team, the line, the team that it's not making sense for wins the game. Yes, so, for sure. No doubt about it. So uh, last night, for those that were, um, maybe need some catching up, here's your uh, Sweet 16 scores. Gonzaga fell to Arkansas, 74-68. Great job by Eric Musselman and his crew to topple the top-seeded Zags. Houston got past Arizona, 72-60. Colby had that one, and uh, that, that was a good pick because Houston definitely looked like the enforcer and the tougher team in that matchup. Villanova gets past Michigan, 63-55, and certainly a lot of the things Kobe talked about, his execution and free-throw shooting were key factors in that. And then Mike Krzyzewski's last dance, it continues as Duke outlasted Texas Tech, 78-73. And uh, your games tonight include another slate. you got four games coming up tonight uh, in the second day of the Sweet 16. St. Peter's versus Purdue starts at 5:09. That's the 15th-seeded Peacocks. Versus the third seeded Boilermakers. Providence versus Kansas. That's the fourth seeded Friars versus the top seeded Jayhawks. That one starts at 529 Montana time. North Carolina versus UCLA. That's the eighth seeded Tar Heels versus the fourth seeded Bruins. That one starts at 739 Montana time. And then Iowa State, the 11th seed in the Midwest. They take on 10th seeded Miami. That one tips just a minute short of 8 p.m. But uh, circle back around on last night, Kobe. What, what did you, I mean, you mentioned it, but what did you think of, were some of the key factors in the Gonzaga loss? Because that's a, that's a team that are, people around Western Montana certainly follow pretty heavily, and uh, a team that was one of, if not the betting favorites, coming into this NCAA tournament, and now uh, they're on the outside looking in. So what did you think Arkansas did well, and uh, just how surprising is it that two one-seeds fell in one night? Yeah, I mean, the Gonzaga thing, you know, in hindsight, you know, I, I definitely said that I thought it was a bad matchup for Arkansas, and I, I believe that I put my money where my mouth was, and that did not work out. But I uh, I was a skeptic. Like, a lot, a lot of people thought that this Gonzaga team was as good or better than last year's team. The guard play has been a question mark, I feel like, throughout the whole season. And we saw it last night. They shot a terrible, terrible percentage from three. Um Yes, did I think there was bad calls on Chet Holmgren? Sure, but I don't think that's why you lost the game. I think the, I think Eric Musselman had a game plan that was very effective, and I thought Mark Few was uh, kind of outcoached the entire way because he was he didn't really make many changes to me, and uh, he didn't adapt to what Arkansas was doing. And 
you know, for that, they're at home. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the guard play, Nebhard, uh didn't do much. Like, they just got destroyed there. And then just the Razorback defense, nonstop, relentlessness, um, is, I, I think, the deciding factor there. They wanted it more, and they were the better team yesterday. So, uh, Interesting, too, a uh, local tie here. Once upon a time when Wayne Tinkle first left the University of Montana to go to Oregon State as the head coach, one of the guys in the mix for the Montana head coaching job before they hired Travis DeCure was Eric Musselman. And then Musselman ended up matriculating his way to Nevada, now at Arkansas, and a guy that's got NBA experience, and he's a heck of a coach, and he definitely had a an upper hand on Mark Few, one of the best in the business last night. Kobe Dant of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Kobe's the host of the College Basketball Experience. You can find that podcast as well as all of the other great podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And all the podcasts over there, they're free. So go check them out. Go rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Keep adding to your podcast list. We got seven of them here in Missoula Broadcasting Company, but how about a couple more from some of our contributors here as well? Kobe, I thought the other point that you made that was so good, other than just style and coaching and all that, experience in this tournament is so important. And even though Arizona was the number one seed, the best team out of the Pac-12, none of their players have ever played in the NCAA tournament. And they sort of looked like that in the first couple of rounds against Wright State and TCU, needing overtime to get past the Horned Frogs. And then last night, it definitely looked like Houston was the tougher, uh, more savvy, and more experienced team. And uh, you called that one right on the button. Yeah, I mean, I like that, you know, uh, this Houston team, I... You know, I, I think I made this case yesterday. I'm not sure if I did or just I can't even remember because I was, I've told my buddies this so much. But Kelvin Sampson should have been coach of the year. For sure. I, I can't think of look. We're we're, we're uh, Coach K just got his hundredth win in in March Madness in the NCAA tournament yesterday. Obviously, we know Coach K is a legendary coach. But I even think with Coach K, you take away two of your top three leading scorers, including your leading scorer. Any team in the country would probably not make the NCAA tournament, but even if they did, it would be an early exit. Kelvin Sampson has done this with two, his top, two of his top three leading scorers, including his leading scorer, Marcus Sasser. It's really remarkable. And they, and they had other injuries. I mean, uh, I, he, I, I, I don't know how they didn't give him coach of the year. I mean, I get it. Tommy Lloyd turned Arizona around. T.J. Otzelberger turned Iowa State around. Ed Cooley's doing a great job at Providence. But, man, I, if you take away the two of the top three leading scorers on those teams, those teams ain't sniffing the NCAA tournament, if you ask me. No doubt about it. We've always loved Kelvin Sampson around here, too. He's joined us on this show before. He's got Butte roots. Uh, he was uh, His first head coaching job was at Montana Tech, and he's been great, man. If he would have never had the controversy that he's had, and I know, I know a lot of it was self-inflicted, to be sure, with a lot of his recruiting stuff and then the, some of the hot water he got into. But he's won everywhere he's been, and he's always proven he can be – he's a great tournament coach for sure. Yeah, I, I loved uh, – I don't know you know, how well you guys follow the pro game, but I, I, I loved uh, the article of uh, – I read something on him, like I think right before he went to Houston. He was an assistant coach, I believe, with the Rockets or the Spurs, and, and uh, he told one of the players – like he's coaching him saying, Hey, I need you to come up and set the screen. One of the big men. And the big man goes, no, because if I set the screen, I won't get a rebound. And my, my rebound is closer to my incentive in my contract. 
so he's like, wait, what? I'm telling you to come set this screen. And he was like, that. from that moment on, I, I knew I had to quit the NBA because right. in college they listened to me. <laughs> Great coach, That's exactly right, yeah. Colby Jett joining us here from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And the other two games, um, sort of just in full control, I, I, I thought that – uh, Villanova was never really threatened by Michigan. I guess the first half was kind of back and forth, but Villanova seemed to be pretty much in control uh, of that contest and, and moving past Michigan. And then the other Sweet 16 game, Duke and Texas Tech. So uh, I thought Texas Tech, they they blitzed Montana State uh, to in an incredible fashion. They were up 18-2 to in that game. And then they get out to, I think, a 10 or even 12-2 lead last night. And you're thinking, wow, if Texas Tech can do that to Duke, they can do it to pretty much anybody. But then Duke readjusted and really controlled the second half of the game. So what, what did you think the key factors were there, and how do you think Duke was able to, to move on past Texas Tech? Uh, I thought Texas Tech kind of let them off the hook personally. In the second half, uh, you know, up to about you know five or six minutes left, I thought Duke was playing great considering their youth, but I thought Texas Tech, on eye test alone had looked like the better team, but uh, down the stretch, you know, uh, Texas Tech shifted to a zone, which I thought was giving Duke problems. Then Banchero hits a three in the corner in that zone, and all of a sudden they get you. Just because of one three, they switch back to man, and I want to say, if memory serves me correct, Duke scored the next seven possessions on that man defense. I thought that was a, a vital mistake for uh, for Mark Adams. I thought the zone was efficient. Sometimes you have, you know, Texas Tech is known to overcommit. That's why they, they, you know, are one of the top teams in the nation at steals. So when you do that, you're going to have guys available for three. So they got burned on the possession. I thought they should have stuck with the zone, and I thought if they had done that, they would be advancing. We'll take a look at tonight's games then. Four more on the docket. And we'll start with the two that, that tip first, St. Peter's at Purdue and, and Providence versus Kansas. Well, I'll start with the St. Peter's one because I think that there's a lot to play with when it comes to a, a 15 seed because even if you don't believe that they're going to win, a, a lot of times you might be able to get favorable. And Purdue is a 13-point favorite against St. Peter's. What do you think of this line? Uh, well, I mean, what? No 15 seeds ever made it to the Elite Eight. That's Although, right. Oral Roberts came pretty close last year as Max Aismas missed a three by about a, a couple inches, I feel like. That was halfway down. Uh, now, you know today is National Peacock Day, right? Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Uh, I saw St. Peter's, uh, their account tweet that out today saying it's na- it's actually National Peacock Day, and they are the Peacocks. But getting 13 points, I'm surprised Purdue's as far as they are, personally. I mean, I was one. Did I think they're incredibly talented? Sure. But they, they play defense at a pretty poor level for a Matt Painter coach team. So I was a skeptic. Now, the height, this is interesting here. I, I think if you are uh, Shaheen Holloway, I, I think you better be studying uh, what Jim Laranega did to the Auburn Tigers. And what they did with, with Miami playing Auburn is they played small ball, which basically forced Bruce Pearl to take Walker Kessler out of the game. I think they, they should do the same, use the same exact approach, and get Zach Eady out of the game, and potentially Travion Williams. 
I think they should go with four guards and a, and a forward. And uh, I, I think there's opportunity because here's the thing. St. Peter's offense has been horrible all year. It's been inconsistent. Now, the defense is a top-20 defense. So if they can just clamp down defensively, I think their offense will come around because Purdue's defense is pretty bad. And the way Doug Eaterton, who just scored an NIL deal with Buffalo Wild Wings, has been shooting the three, I think he's going to have some opportunities. I'll take the Peacocks in the points, even though the size is concerning. Because I can tell you this, if they do not adjust to the size, they could get blown out. But I, I think Sahin Holloway is too smart of a coach. I think he's going to come out with a game plan that will attack and force Purdue to take out their bigs. So I'm going to take... St. Peter's plus the 13. Colby Damp from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's the host of the College Basketball Experience Podcast. You can find all the podcasts from the network on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And how about Kansas minus seven or Providence plus seven, just depending on which way you want to spin it. But uh, I, I, the Friars were probably the team that got a top five seed in this field that I was the least familiar with coming in. That has nothing to do with anything besides just like where they play, when they play, all that stuff. But then Kansas has al- always been in the Sweet 16 and almost never been much farther than Sweet 16 under Bill Self. So where are we at with this one, Kansas minus seven? I'm, I'm, this is one where I think we circle the experience. Now, I, I, I guess you could say, well, hey, Kansas has Akbaji and McCormick, and they've been experienced in the tournament, sure. But the, the one of the oldest teams in the nation, I think they're the third oldest, is the Providence Friars. Ed Cooley has done a fantastic job. And in my opinion, I don't know if it was because the Ken Palm analytics, you know, I know they deemed them the luckiest team this year. I feel like they've been getting disrespected all year. You know, uh, they, they've, they've had some great wins. They've had, a, a, in my opinion, they're an incredibly deep team, uh, very old. I, I think this is going to be a, a marquee matchup that goes down to the final, you know, couple possessions of the game. Uh, and I think like, Really, Providence has a chip on their shoulder, and they should because I thought they got misseeded a little bit. I thought they've been disrespected by the media, and I think if you're Ed Cooley, you're putting that up on the bulletin board nonstop. We we heard Musselman talk about that yesterday, saying every everyone that took Gonzaga, we put that up on our bulletin board, and there's a reason why they came out like dogs. Um, I, I think Providence will stay in this game, and I, I actually like their chances at, for a money line play here. It's an interesting matchup with David McCormick, the center of Kansas, who's always been inconsistent, going up against Nate Watson, the big man for Providence. Both are from Southern Virginia, about 45 minutes apart. And that's going to be, I think, one of the keys of the game uh, is who will, who will win that, who, that, that big man spot. If, will, will they be able to control the glass? Another thing is Noah Horkler, uh, the power forward for Providence. This is a guy that can hit the three. If he can hit the three in this game, it brings out Jalen Wilson or McCormick away from rebounding, which I think will then strengthen Providence' chances to win the game. Give me Providence plus the seven points or seven, and I got it at seven and a half. But uh, yeah, I think I think there are, I have a real chance to win this on the money line as well. But I expect it to be a close game, and I could totally see both teams, you know, coming away with the W. You gotta love it. Let's look at the nightcaps then. North Carolina UCLA is a blue blood, blue blood, but uh, a four and an eight, so maybe a little bit unaccustomed, but maybe not recently. I guess North Carolina hasn't been 
what it once was, but uh, still a good one when it comes to TV viewership for sure. A lot of baby blue, both sides of that one. But right now, a pretty tight line. I've seen it move as much as uh, UCLA minus three. I got it right now at UCLA minus two. I've seen it as low as UCLA minus one and a half. So where are we at with the Tar Heels and the Bruins? Now you know the whole tw- you know uh, the the Twitter universe. I feel like is trying to trying to get Duke Carolina for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. Right? That's exactly I right. Think <laughs> they're trying to manifest that. Um, but uh, as much as as Carolina and Hubert Davis should be credited, I know people wanted to give them a you know people wanted to. I feel like some people wanted them fired in the middle of the year. But he's done a great job. And and yesterday I thought they had some breaks with playing Baylor without you know. Uh, their leading scorer and leading rebounder, that was a nice draw. But they still had to go win those games. And the way they won those games, uh, especially the Marquette game, just complete dominance, um, they've been playing great. And they have a great front court. They really do with Baycott and Manic that I think would pose problems to any team in the country. Um, Now, on the other side of this, you have UCLA, uh, who's well-experienced. They went to the Final Four a year ago and probably – you know, if it wasn't for a lucky Jalen Suggs shot, it would have been in the NCAA championship. So I, I, I think this is a great matchup, but I, I lean UCLA. And I know you got the Jaime Jaquez injury, which is concerning because I do think he's a big part of that nucleus, especially when it comes to defense and taking charges. But I think they have the guys to make North Carolina's front court really struggle. And what I mean is Baycott and Manic against Miles Johnson, which is a transfer from Rutgers, but he's super athletic. He's not a great offensive player, but I think he'll be, he's athletic enough to be a problem defensively for Armando Baycott. So I think that matchup kind of, uh, you know, I'd still favor North Carolina, but I don't think they'll have the same efficiency that they've had so far in the tournament. And then the real X factor to me, and I think he's the most underrated basketball player in this NCAA tournament is Tiger Campbell. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's sitting there. He's sitting there at, at, I think he had what three turnovers in the Akron game. I think last uh, the last game they had six. They just don't turn the ball over, and that travels. That travels really far. I think UCLA is the better team, and I also think they have the clutch gene. And we still haven't seen Johnny Jazang really have a great tournament game this year. I think this could be the one as well. But they got multiple guys that can hit big time shots, whether it's Campbell. Jazang or Jules Bernard, I think UCLA wins this game. Colby Dant from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's the host of the College Basketball Experience. You can find that at sportsgamblingpodcast.com or on all your podcast hosting platforms. And last one tonight at 8 p.m. tip, Mountain Standard Time. Miami, a 10-seed Iowa State, and 11-seed. Both these teams sort of upstarts and, and have made some waves in this tournament already. The line, Miami minus three. I really have no idea what I think of this one. I think that this is a total coin flip game. Whoever can parlay the momentum of last weekend, I think it'll be a key factor. But what else will be key factors in this one? And what do you think of this line? I mean, this one is, I I thought coming into uh, looking at the Sweet 16, I thought this is the hardest game to handicap. But I'm going to take a shot on Iowa State. Um, My logic here is that I get it. Miami doesn't turn, turn the ball over much like Tiger Campbell. They protect the basketball really well, but they live and die by the three. They don't really have much when it comes to a front court. And Iowa State, especially in the past like five games, 
has been defending the three at an unbelievable level. So I, I, I'm going to go with that. I am a bit concerned. I think Miami's the more experienced team. So that is, a, but but it's not like Iowa State isn't completely inexperienced. Isaiah Brockington, fifth-year senior, Penn State transfer. Um, it, it's concerning a little bit. But another thing is, this game's in Chicago. I think it's going to be an Iowa State crowd. And then I think the the, the real the real X factor here is the momentum to me that the Cyclones have. And they've really played much better basketball, especially outside of the Big Twelve. You look at their record outside of the Big Twelve; they're pretty much unbeatable outside of the Big 12. Their only losses came within the Big 12, and they actually scheduled themselves pretty aggressively outside of the Big 12, and they had great success with it. So at the end of the day, I'm going to take Iowa State in in somewhat of a home advantage uh, because they defend the three, and I feel like Otzelberger, Laranega, it's kind of a wash at the coaching angle, but uh, I just think Iowa State's like there's something about this team right now that they're believing. I think they're playing defense at an unbelievable, like almost like a uh, Texas Tech 2019 level. Give me the Cyclones to, to uh, cover this one and get the win. Yeah, I love it. Colby Dent, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's the host of the Co- College Basketball Experience Podcast. Join us for a second day in a row to break down some Sweet 16. This was fun, man. Maybe we'll touch base next week. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. Enjoy the games, and thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Enjoy the games as well. I'm always available. Appreciate you having me on, guys. There you go. That was fun. Love to contributing guests. Coulter Nuanas, Nuanas now, down here at the Brett's RV and Marine March Grand Design Sales Event. Right now is the absolute best time to buy a new RV at Brett's RV and Marine. Just today and tomorrow, you can get factory discount prices. This is a sale you don't want to miss. So swing on by 4800 Grant Creek Road. Melody Michael, head coach for Grizz Softball, previews the Big Sky Conference opening weekend against Portland State. She'll join us next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Two of the best from the West were knocked out on the first night of the Sweet 16. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The beginning of the regionals for the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament began Thursday. Top-seeded Gonzaga, the betting favorite to win the national championship entering the big dance, could not handle the speed and athleticism of Arkansas, falling to the fourth-seeded Razorback, 74-68. Just a few hours later, Arizona, the number one seed in the South region, fell to Kelvin Sampson's Houston Cougars, 72-60, meaning that the two pre-tournament betting favorites have been eliminated from the field in the round of 16. 
2016. Sampson started his career as the head coach at Montana Tech in Butte back in the 1970s. Thursday's other NCAA tournament results included second-seeded Villanova ending at number 11 Michigan's run 63-55, and Mike Krzyzewski's last dance continues at Duke as the Blue Devils outlasted Texas Tech 78-73. Montana State's men's head basketball coach Danny Sprinkle was announced on Monday as a finalist for the Hugh Durham Award given to the top mid-major coach in college basketball. Sprinkle was the 2022 Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year after leading the Bobcats to their first outright Big Sky Conference championship in 20 years and their first NCAA tournament appearance since 1996. And finally, former All-American Grizz receiver Samari Torre participated in Nebraska's Pro Day earlier this week. Among his standout marks included running 4.43 seconds in the 40-yard dash. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. If you're looking at us on TV or on the YouTube feed, we're not in studio because we're down here. Brett's RV and Marine. The March Grand Design Sales Event rolls on. We are broadcasting to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go check out the largest inventory of trucks and SUVs anywhere in the Pacific Northwest at nwmsrocks.com. That's NW msrocks.com Well, happy now to start diving into some spring sports. It's been all hoops all the time around here at Nuanas now, but now the diamond is back. We're going to be talking a ton of baseball, both on the professional and minor league levels. Of course, we're going to be covering the Missoula Paddleheads, and very excited to revamp and re-up our Grizz softball coverage for the year as well. We're joined here now on the eve of the first Big Sky Conference home weekend for the University of Montana softball team, and we're joined by Grizz softball head coach Melanie Michael. Melanie, thanks so much for being with us. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us, Coulter. Well, first of all, let's talk about uh, this non-conference because it's always an interesting thing to talk to you about because, as we know, in Montana, there's not really any uh, sort of pre-spring. You guys have to be on the road for basically the duration of the first couple months of the season. So just take us through it. I know you guys have been all over the country, all over the West. So uh, what have you got out of this non-conference? What have been some of the experiences like? What have you thought of the schedule you guys have played so far? Yeah, you know, every year as we're building our schedule, we know that we're going to be on the road for the first four to five weeks of our non-conference schedule. Uh, Being that we live in Montana and the weather and our season starts really in February, early February. So As we set out, you know, we try to hit destinations uh, that we will find new competition, um, not always playing the same same opponents, uh, finding competition that we feel will be quite competitive for us to set us up for our conference schedule uh, and that part of our season. But also, you know, a couple destinations. Uh, We were lucky to start out in Sacramento, California. Um, which we do a lot of recruiting out of that area um, and have some teams in the area that we uh, feel like is, you know, great competition. Felt like we started out our first weekend. Uh, 
playing quite well. Um, we have a pretty veteran team, but yet are trying to work in um, some younger athletes that really have talent uh, that are helping our program. And so uh, went into that weekend. Uh, we're pleased with our first weekend. You know, it always can be a grind a little bit, uh, whether we are able to get on a true softball field um, prior to playing our first pitch of the season. And uh, weather permitting and our excellent ground crew here at the University of Montana uh, made that uh, possible for us. We're able to plow the turf and we were able to get on in Salt Lake, uh, catch a little bit of rhythm in our game. So we went out to Sacramento, then went out to Texas and saw a few new teams that we have not seen. Um, and then we're very fortunate to be able to play at the University of Hawaii in their tournament and just get that full experience uh, for our team and play a couple of very solid teams out there. Um, and then headed to Grand Canyon. Uh, and it's always been a tournament that we have from day one really looked at going to. Uh, great facilities, great competition, and just, you know, weather that I uh, feel like we're starting to kind of um, catch a little bit of our rhythm in that time of year quite a bit. And so, uh, that led us into Missoula, Montana, uh, and it was nice. It was cold, but nice to be able to play at home and have teams like DePaul and Seattle U in Missoula. So um, that kind of took us through the first five weeks. Here we are. Conference play uh, begins uh, on Saturday with Portland State, and just uh, excited to watch our team continue to grow and know that we still have more in us, but definitely excited where we're currently at. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Melanie Michael joining us here on Nuana's Now. The Grizz softball team, they open their home portion of the Big Sky Conference schedule. They've actually played their last six at home, including matchups against DePaul, Seattle U, and Providence leading up to this Big Sky Conference home opener. But, Melanie, you mentioned recruiting, and I know we talk a ton about recruiting when it comes to football and basketball. I think it's interesting to sort of analyze on the softball level, though, because there's always been great in-state softball players in Montana. I'm always teasing my sister-in-laws. If they just would have been 10 years younger, maybe they could have played for the, the Chris softball team as well. But you obviously can't get everybody from in-state. I know you guys have sort of a, a Northwestern footprint, but you also mentioned recruiting California. I also know Vegas and, and the Nevada area has been very good to you as well. But as this thing has evolved, as, as you have now been the head coach for several years now, how has your recruiting strategy evolved and how has maybe the Grizz brand been able to spread? I mean, have you, have you felt you, you guys have been able to get into more places, more inroads because of sort of the, the validity and, and the success of University of Montana softball? Absolutely. You know, um, we are now in our eighth season as a program, um, and I think uh, early the name has spread, and I think it just continues to grow and spread in the excitement of it and the experience of uh, former players and their ability to continue to educate people that uh, Montana does have a collegiate softball program and a, a good divi division one collegiate softball program. And so um, we continue to spread our wings um, definitely in the Western United States, United States, um, but always kind of just branching out, looking out and trying to find the best fit for the university of Montana. And yes, there are players in the state of Montana. Well, let's talk about, the uh, way that last season ended then leaning into this year because the Big Sky Tournament, I was down there because the uh, Big Sky Tournament for softball and the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Track and Field Championships were, were both in 
Ogden, Utah. So it was very fun for me to be able to cover two championships at once. So I was going back and forth. But the softball side of the, the championships was crazy. Sac State came in as, as the top seed. But you guys took care of business against them twice, knocked them out of the tournament. Portland State <laughs> caught fire. Sort of, uh, I don't know about unpredictably, because they were very good. and They had a very good pitcher who was mowing people down. But regardless, it, this all played out so that maybe the, the top seeds weren't the ones that were playing towards the end of the tournament. And you guys got all the way to the final day, played five games at the Big Sky Tournament, ended up losing a heartbreaker to Southern Utah. Uh, it was so crushing to just see your girls and how disappointed they were. But that's sports in a nutshell, right? But w- just take us through that experience and, and just how close you guys were last year and maybe how you hope to parlay that momentum or uh, any of the influences from that run in last year's Big Sky Tournament into now the opening of Big Sky Conference play this weekend. Yeah, I think anytime that you enter Big Sky Conference play, um, it becomes more of a dogfight throughout uh, the six weeks of uh, conference play. And throughout teams and last year to end regular season we had the top seed in the number two seed but three four and five all tied um which knew it gave us a little bit of a projection that the conference tournament was going and could be very wild um and saw that out there i thought that there were some teams that maybe were uh, catching stride earlier in the conference season and others that were closing ground and catching a lot of stride uh, late in the season. Um, and that's what you're hopeful for a coach. You want to be able to play very well throughout the entire season, but yet still gaining momentum um, when it comes to championship play. And uh, we went into the conference tournament uh, with a lot of excitement of what we were doing and who we who we were and knew that we still had a little bit more and really saw players within our program step up, um, take some um, major leadership on and uh, have the determination that they've always had, but the confidence that they could win it. And uh, to see the players bond in that experience, um, but also have full belief that we were going to win that tournament. Um, we played really hard as a full team, offensively, defensively. Uh, as everyone knows, Tristan Achenbach did a phenomenal job on the mound for us and really um, had the determination that this was going to be the year. Um, as you compete hard, as you pretty much put um, your love for the game, you put your whole heart out there, um, it, it can be quite crushing when you come up a little bit short. But I could not be more proud of our program, I could not be more proud of the players and what they gave, the effort they gave, and the belief that they gave. And to feel that feeling is something that um, uh, I think everyone should be very proud of. And that's a feeling that we continue to talk about and continue uh, to work on and continue to find uh, throughout the year. And um, I feel like we're stepping into that position as Grizz softball uh, at this time. Well, it's one of my favorite parts about covering sports is oftentimes when you fall just short, it can be the motivating factor going forward, especially for a lot of the returners. I I know you do have some solid returners. So have you seen that in them? Have you seen sort of that, that added hunger, just knowing how close they were and, and uh, what the end goal might be this year? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it drives us on a daily basis, uh, knowing that it is a process, it is a long season, but the hunger for 
uh, what we came up a little bit short for is always sitting on the forefront. Um, and you can see that in our work every day. Millie Michael joining us here on Nuanas Now. She is the head coach of the Grizz softball team. They opened with a three-game set against Portland State Saturday and Sunday here in Missoula to open Big Sky Conference play at home. And, Coach, you mentioned Tristan Achenbach, who was awesome. She came on this show twice last year. What a great young lady, really fun to interview, and also a tremendous pitcher, a tremendous athlete in general. But she has moved on, so you have someone else new on the bump, and I know you've been sort of splitting it between Allie Brock and Dana Butterfield. So what have you thought of those two young ladies, and uh, what do they sort of bring each? What are some of the similarities and differences that they have when they take the mound for your squad? Oh, yeah. They're both very talented. Um, both are very competitive. They love to have the ball, uh, and they love to be on on the mound and the ability to compete against a, an opposing hitter. Um, Allie has just a little bit more experience at the collegiate level. She's a sophomore for us, but has had a great career. Uh, I know freshman year went through a little bit of the learning process of the collegiate level and collegiate hitters but always uh, brought the mindset that she wanted to take on the challenges. And I think we're starting to see a lot of that pay off for her this year. Um, She has a great presence on the mound, and we know when she's on the mound for us that we always have a chance. Um, She has very good ball movement um, and really understands the process of pitching, not just being out there throwing. And so... uh, really like where she's at. Uh, Dana Butterfield uh, is a freshman for us and has, like I said, a very competitive person. Um, She um, throws with a little more velocity to her, and she has some deadly movement as well. Um, She uh, is still in some of the learning of the collegiate game, but each day you can see the strides that she takes with it and the growth that she takes um, and just understanding that really in a lineup uh, of a collegiate lineup, you can't really take any hitters off physically or mentally. And so uh, that can be very taxing, but definitely rises to the challenge of it and is doing a great job. Well, that was going to be, you lead me right into my next question because you look at uh, these two young ladies, both of them are from Oregon and you look at their their high school resumes, and I mean, I'm looking at, at Dana Butterfield's right now. You know, her, her prep record: 24 and four, 306 strikeouts, and only 180 innings. And, and then you look at Allie Brock, and it's even more impressive: 566 something strikeouts uh, in about half the amount of innings. So you're talking about mowing people down. I mean, striking out two out of every three hitters you hit or, or that you face. So when you uh, when you do transition to the collegiate game, how much of an adjustment is that? Because, you know, you might still be a dominant presence, but you're certainly not going to be striking out, you know, 15, 16 girls every single time. So how much of an adjustment is it mentally for, for girls that are such dominant pitchers at the high school level? I think, you know, there's always a little bit of a, a time frame in which there's an adjustment to it. And when you're, um, you have built yourself into that great, excellent resume, for high school, uh, it may not always translate over at the high percentage of numbers, but it does translate over. Um, And so it's kind of continuing to grow and develop with understanding what got you those numbers prior. And then the maybe one or two small little adjustments, but really utilize what you have because you are good enough. Uh, Your stuff is good enough. Um, and utilize what you have against who you are facing at that time. And so 
some of that is just being able to see that, uh, grow with that, and enjoy the competition um, that each collegiate batter brings. And so um, that's a phase that uh, I think every collegiate pitcher goes through um, and continues to go through through their career. Melanie Michael joining us here on ESPN Radio. Nuana's now the Grizz softball team. She's the head coach, and they open Big Sky Conference play this upcoming weekend. They got a pair on Saturday in Missoula, 1 and 3.30 p.m. down there at the Grizz Softball Complex, and then a little afternooner, a noon first pitch on Sunday. So if you need something to do, it should be beautiful weather. It's always fun to go check out some Grizz softball, Portland State in town. And, Coach, just a couple more things for you. First of all, I want to ask you about some of your top returners as far as uh, out in the field. And Megan McGrath was somebody that we loved covering last year. She joined us a couple times on this show and uh, just such a uh, fierce competitor. You could just tell she plays with some attitude, and she's such a great hitter, such a great shortstop. So I know that it sort of starts with her in terms of your key returners, but also some great players along with, like, Cammie Sellers coming back for her fifth year as well. So just take us through sort of your lineup and the way that maybe some of the veteran players are, are leading the way. Yeah, you know, we, <clears throat> as we started this program, um, the very first four-year crew graduated, and we had to bring in a group to fill that 11-person roster we were losing in that class of uh, 2018. And so Megan McGrath, Brooklyn Wisegram, um, McKenna Jaden, Kylie Becker, um, and Cammie Sellers fell into that class. And in that time, they have had a ton of experience in their position, playing over 100-plus games. And so um, throughout their learning process and growth process, they have turned in to, and were when they came in, but have really turned into kind of some mainstay uh, for our team and just phenomenal athletes. And so anytime they're on the field or in the batter's box, I know that each conference opponent knows their name, knows their skill level, and has uh, a lot of respect for them. And Megan is kind of the forefront of our team with that. Cami Sellers, um, you're going to have to face them as a 2-3 in our lineup. Um, you get through one. If you get through one, uh, you got to face another. And I feel like <clears throat> they are a little bit of our mainstay, but we have built and developed very good athletes around them um, and know that it just continues to add to the success and kind of the depth of our team. We'll talk about this weekend and then Portland State, a team that uh, was red hot down the stretch last year and uh, ended up taking the Big Sky Conference tournament. So uh, what do the Vikings have uh, at their disposal this year? How are they different from maybe the team that uh, got so hot down the stretch last spring? Yeah, you know, they return a lot of their players um, from last year's team. Um, they return their ace pitcher uh, that carried uh, carried them throughout the Big Sky Conference and into regionals. Um and then a lot of their mainstay of their team as well. And so they're aggressive, they're competitive, um, and uh, I think that they pitch it well. And so we're excited to be able to face them. Uh, we are very familiar with them um, and feel like uh, we have some things that we can present back at them um, and just looking for a very good uh, series, first Big Sky Conference series. Olivia Gray, that's that ace pitcher. She has a 1.55 ERA right now, 12 and 1 
on the bump so far for the Vikings. 116 strikeouts in 87 innings pitch. And, Coach, you, you know this as well as anybody. Sometimes it's just a matter of wearing them down because you're going to face some really good pitchers, and this is one of the best in the Big Sky Conference. So how do you go about just cumulatively attacking uh, somebody that does throw like Olivia Gray does? Yeah, just understanding what she has, but then knowing what we have uh, as an offense that can uh, counteract um, and just stay the course of being competitive uh, throughout the entire game uh, and compete. You know, our game is... uh, can be a very special game. Sometimes you can face the ultimate best pitcher, and it could take one hit uh, to be able to uh, just change the dynamic of the game. Um, and it can turn out to a one nothing game. Um, I feel very confident in our offense and kind of the strides that we have taken to get where we currently are and some of the rhythm that our players have and know that we will compete very hard. We have respect for Olivia and what she's able to do. Um, but have a lot of confidence in who we are at the plate. Melody Michael, Grizz Softball, they open up Big Sky Conference play in Missoula this weekend, 1 and 3.30 on Saturday and noon on Sunday. So if you need something to do, you want to be outside, you want to go watch some awesome (laughs) athletic competition, go check out Grizz Softball this weekend. Melody, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate having you, and best of luck this weekend, and we'll catch up with you throughout the year. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you for following Grizz Softball, and go Grizz. There you go. We'll be having a lot of softball coverage throughout the rest of the spring, both at the high school and college levels. And a great softball, fun to watch. So if you need something to do this weekend, head on down there. Go check them out. Nuwana is now coming to you live from Brett's RV and Marine. It is the Brett's RV and Marine March Grand Design Sales Event. Right now is the absolute best time to buy a new RV at Brett's RV and Marine. And today and tomorrow, you can get factory discounts. The Grand Design Sales Event on now. Brett's RV and Marine. What's up with some of the pro days and some of the participants in said pro days? Plus a couple Bobcats get NFL opportunities. One, the extension of a career. One, a foot in the door as a coach. We will break it all down for you. Keep it right here. New Orleans now. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Hope you're having an outstanding Friday. If you're watching us on TV or on YouTube, you don't see me in the studio. It's because we're not there. We're here. That's the sales floor of Brett's RV and Marine. Their March design, March Grand Design, excuse me, sales event rolls on today and tomorrow. You're going to get factory discounts on all of their inventory of Grand Design RVs from toy haulers to fifth wheels and everything in between. They pay top dollar for trade-ins, and they have special lender financing. So this is a sale you don't want to miss. Coming out with us, 4800 Grand Creek Road. I'll be down here for another hour. They'll be here through the evening and then all day tomorrow as well. Appreciate Brett's for all their support of what we do at ESPN Radio as well as across the Missoula Broadcasting Network of Stations. Pro days are rolling along across the college football landscape. The NFL Combine was a couple weeks ago. Troy Anderson from Montana State participated in that. A couple guys from North Dakota State, Cordell Volson and Christian Watson, also did. The uh, pro days, though, are where a lot of these guys are going to get a chance to prove themselves. And there's two guys in particular. I guess there's actually three guys in particular that I have my eye on because, you know, the, for better or worse, the, the – happy or sad truth of it is that production at the college level for football players is pretty far down the list. It can certainly help accentuate your resume, but there's all sorts of guys that might not produce that much at the collegiate level. But if they have the measurables and the intangibles, they can come into the NFL right away and be impact players. DK Metcalf, for example, has had much better statistics in his two seasons with the Seattle Seahawks than he ever did at Ole Miss. And part of that was then spurred on or, I guess, ignited by his awesome performance at the Combine and his awesome performance at the Ole Miss Pro Day. So the guys from uh, that, are, that have t- ties to our neck, neck of the woods, ties to the Treasure State, that I've had my eyes on include Samari Torre, who was a former Grizz All-American wide receiver, a record setter during his time at the University of Montana before graduate transferring to Nebraska. He had his Pro Day the other day. And great returns for him. We talked about Samari when he first transferred to Nebraska, what the elevated competition might do for him. I do think it gives him some good film. Uh, I don't necessarily know if his production at Nebraska helped him or hurt him, but it's all about how you run. And he ran really, really well at Nebraska's Pro Day the other day. 4-4-3 in the 40, and he also had sub-seven seconds in the short shuttle. So those are exactly what you, you want and need from him. He's a very, very fluid route runner. He's got great body control. He's got adequate size uh, to play in the in the NFL for sure. He's listed at 6'3", 190. He's probably more like 6'1 and a half. I've interviewed him in person. But he, he certainly has uh, everything the NFL teams are looking for from route running to football acumen to body control, ability to catch things in space. I think the biggest question, though, was, What's he going to run when you put him on the clock? So 4-4-3, very good. Not a combine, you know, official electronic tie, but still it's better than uh, – 4-4-3 is good, and, and uh, I think that it will certainly help him get at least a little bit of uh, recognition and, and attention from NFL scouts. And obviously doing it in Nebraska, almost all, if not every team, likely there. The guys from in-state that we'll be looking at, and by the way, Montana State's Pro Day will be on April 4th. University of Montana, their Pro Day to be announced. They told me, I actually was talking down there with some of the people down there at the athletic department. They said they'd let people know here probably next week, so we'll have an announcement for you on that as well. But uh, from the Grizz, 
Uh, I imagine probably Conlon Beaver and Dylan Cook, the, the two starting offensive tackles for Montana last year, will give a run at the Pro Day. Probably imagine Samuel Kim, wide receiver, uh, will give a run at it as well. And he's an interesting one because he was a, an all-big sky guy as a sophomore and a junior, even though he battled a lot of injuries. And then his senior year, he had a, a decent year, but the struggles of the Grizz at quarterback, including Cam Humphrey going down with an injury, and then sort of that month long where they were just toiling on offense, that hurt Cam's production. He, he's a really interesting prospect because he's so raw and he's so athletic. You know, former track champion in the hurdles and the high jump from his time in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So I'm just so interested to see how he tests. Yeah, I mean, he could he could test straight out the box and then maybe get himself a free agent invite. We'll see, or maybe not. I don't really know. It really just comes down to, to how you run, how you move, and how you perform. Because Kemp's still very raw in terms of his pass-catching ability. So we'll see. And those tackles, you know, I don't know. It just depends on how they test as well. I think that those guys are probably on the outside looking in in terms of NFL tackles. But they both had good careers in Montana. So durability, longevity, those things do help when it comes to offensive line play. So we'll see. We'll see how those guys do. And then, of course, the draw at Montana State's Pro Day is going to be Troy Anderson. But he ripped the doors off the combine. 38-inch vertical, 4-4-1 in the 40. So I actually don't expect him to probably do much besides just the movement drills, you know, perform for the scouts, if he does anything at all. But the other guy that I think that has an opportunity to really thrust his way into the conversation and uh, maybe climb some draft boards is Daniel Hardy. He's been training uh, with some speed trainers out of state, and uh, he's definitely been posting some videos that show that he's gained some strength and mass over the last several months. But he's also an incredibly explosive athlete. I mean, he posted a video the other day doing like 65-inch box jumps. And uh, that correlates directly to explosion and speed. So I do think that in the both the horizontal and vertical jumps, Hardy will be very good. I also expect him to run really well. And there's sort of this notion that maybe he doesn't have quite enough mass to be able to play at the next level. But I actually don't think that that's true either. I think that he uh, definitely could. Um, he definitely could play his way. If he runs well, I think he could play his way into, at the very least, a free agent uh, invite and uh, maybe even a uh, NFL draft spot. A lot of the guys at Montana State, a lot of coaches think that Hardy could get drafted, so we'll see. Uh, big days coming up for all of those various prospects with the Montana Tides. Oh, and also a text in from one of our uh, listeners. Appreciate this. Matt O'Donohue will also per- perform in the Pro Day, of course. One of the most consistent long snappers in Grizz history and Big Sky Conference history, honestly, I was thinking about the other day, probably all things considered, probably the best long snapper I've ever covered in my 16 years covering the Big Sky. Never had a bad snap. Not one time in his career, a multiple-time All-American. And uh, he did it in a quiet fashion, but because he did it so diligently, that's why he's such a sort of, uh, has such a cult following, including, including our buddies over at the Grizz Fan Pod. So... OD definitely be participating. He's probably not going to be running the 40. I mean, maybe he'll run the 40 for fun, but they're not going to be care about that. They're just going to want to see his four velocity, delivery time, all that. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Carolyn, the chick who does know sports, makes her illustrious return here to Nuanas now. We'll also talk about some various athletes from around the state of Montana that are on their way to the collegiate level. And we'll give you real-time updates on the Sweet 16 and the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Give it right here. CSPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. 
There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get Commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 